Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And Mario's last name is... Mario. <gasps> that's and right. If you didn't want to hear that, I don't blame you because I didn't want to either. But that's the kind <laughs> of treats you get on this show when you download it at Potential Spoilers Podcast. You mean spoilers? What did I was say? That a, was that a spoiler? You said it was a treat. I suppose it was, it was a treat, but it was a spoiler it to was a, a treat. certain Mario-related movie. And it was a spoiler. What was Luigi's last name? Mario. Really? I thought it was Luigi. No, it was the Mario Brothers. Yeah, you're right. It's Luigi Mario and Mario Mario. What? I wonder what we could be spoiling there. <laughs> Who knows? Was it video game related? Could be. But the movie we're here to talk about this week is definitely video game related because we're here to talk about what's happening in the upcoming, in some places already released apparently, Monster Hunter. Where is it released? It's released in China. It came out, I think, either today or yesterday in China. Not anymore. Yeah, we'll get into that. All right, but if this is the first time you've listened to one of our episodes, what we do on this show is we look at upcoming Hollywood blockbusters, we look at as much of the promotional material as possible, and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Then we watch the movie and we see how well we did. Yeah, if it's possible to watch the movie, we'll watch it and then see how well we did. A lot of movies are being delayed, of course, because of the current pandemic. This has been going on all year. This should be no surprise to anybody. But in a lot of places, movies are still coming out. As I just mentioned, this movie just came out in China because I think that's their biggest audience. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> oh, we'll get no. into it. And yeah, I think they were just trying to get a jump start on the Christmas season because for the rest of the world, this movie was was due to come out on December 25th, Christmas Day, a little Christmas present for everybody. A little bit of coal in the stocking, I suppose. Well, we haven't seen the movie, Kieran, That's so true. don't be too judgy. That's true. But now I hear rumours that the movie's actually been delayed until April next year. They reckon they're delaying it just because they they don't want to, I don't know, encourage too many people. I think there's been another outbreak in the US or something like that. So they I think they're just waiting. putting it yeah. in cinemas. I think they're just waiting for everything to settle down again. But spoiler alert. Potential spoilers. It's not going to settle down again. COVID's here to stay, folks. I don't know if you got that memo, but COVID is here to stay. So the world's going to have to change. We're not going to sit around and wait for the world to change around us. <laughs> What a little comment there. Yep, and Merry Christmas. What a little comment there. <laughs> Merry Christmas. What, way Let's... to bring the spirits of this show up. Yeah, well, I, I guess I'm sort of in a funny mood this week. I don't mm. know what it is. Maybe it's just this movie that's It's Monster me down. Hunter. Yeah. I've been fighting wrestling with monsters of my you own, I suppose. You have been fighting your inner monsters. That's right. Yeah, I need to find some flaming swords or a bow and arrow you or something. You can borrow mine if you want. Yeah, please. I'd love to. So let's start talking about Monster Hunter. So, of course, this movie is based on the popular Monster Hunter video game franchise. Uh, If you're not familiar with Monster Hunter like I was last week, it is a Japanese action role-playing game where, of course, you run around and fight monsters. Rather than like leveling up your character, you level up your gear so you get better equipment and then you can take down bigger monsters. So the first ever Monster Hunter game was released in 2004. Apparently it wasn't that successful. So the Monster Hunter franchise didn't really become big until around the second Monster Hunter game, which was like their third or fourth release. Yeah, it's confusing. I looked into the full Monster Hunter history yesterday. There is a lot there. So I'm sort of versed with the game releases, not too much about the game content themselves. But yeah, I've got a rough idea of what happens in those games. Mm. So there is five main releases in the Monster Hunter series overall. So it's like Monster Hunter 1 to 4 plus Monster Hunter World, which was the most recent release, also the most successful release they've ever had. But they have over 25 mainstream releases. So you've got like portable versions of the game, expansion packs for the game, remakes of the game, so on and so forth, that have spanned since 2004 till now. Matty D, I'm sure I know the answer to this, but what is your history with the Monster Hunter franchise? You think you know my answer? Yes, I do. Well, 
up until- Last week you said you'd never heard of Monster Hunter. Yes, yes. When you first introduced this movie to me, I was- My first reaction was, didn't we do Love and Monsters? Because I got confused with that movie. So I had zero history with this movie at all, but I've since- Or the game franchise is more so what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I've since actually downloaded the game. Oh, really? Which Mm, one? For this episode, uh, Monster Hunter World. Oh, yeah, which was the most recent one. Yeah, so I thought I needed to get acquainted with the world- before I looked at this movie. The Monster Hunter world. So I thought I had it on my PS5, so all my housemates' ooh, PS5. Ooh, so I was like, trendsetter. I'll download it and I'll have a little bit of a play of it. So I created a character oh, yeah? named Maddie D. So Maddie <laughs> D is actually canon. Wow, there we go. Yep, he's a very beautiful avatar. He's got real. You can actually create the length of the character's eyelashes, which was a weird feature. Really? So he had like really long eyelashes. Um, <laughs> I've got to see this character. By now. the way, something I didn't know, and I hope it's in your plot as it is in mine, but apparently you get a cat sidekick as part of the game. It's definitely so in my plot. I had uh, Maddie D, my character, and then Caddy D was my cat. And I. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I, and I had a little bit of a play, and I got to say, I had some fun. Oh, I, yeah? I died a lot. I didn't get very far, but I had I had no history with this game franchise. I didn't know anything about it. I just kind of like went in and I skipped all the tutorials. I was like, have no time for this. Have no right. time for this. Apparently there's a lot to this I just wanted to game. dive straight into the deep I end. was just jumping at dinosaurs and like hacking and slashing with the, with my blades. And, and like, they'd be like, oh, you should try a staff because it's better combat. I was like, no, just give me knives. I just want to run yep. in and press the square button a bunch of times and hit things and then blow myself up because I'm, and then hit my cat because my cat was in the way. Right. Caddy D became such an annoyance right. in my playthrough. So that is my history. A week ago, had none. Now I'm uh, not experienced by any stretch of the imagination, but I kind of have an idea of the world. I'm, I'm in the game. Yeah. Maddie D is in the game. Is it a multiplayer game? Do like other players come in and help you fight monsters? I think so. Because that's what I heard that you I do. I only did a single player run. Right, okay. So and I think you do like an integrated playing. multiplayer from what I understand. Yeah, it, it kind of I think takes, that was always the intention of the game series from the start. It takes place in like a hub and then you get sent off to do quests, right, which are okay. the quests are go kill monsters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go of course. Go hunt them down. And it's I think in the name. there's an opportunity there that you go and do it online or do multiplayer or whatnot. But I didn't- Because I've definitely seen people playing the game and doing a multiplayer version. Mm. So it's like a couple of people ganging up on a certain monster. But yeah, I, I haven't had a lot of time in my day-to-day life no. at the moment, so I didn't get to play a lot of it, but... And I think it's one of those games where you got really past gotta, the first level. You've really got to sink a lot of hours into it too, and I guess mm. that's not really your sort of game at the moment. You're sort no. of like a, a fly-in, yes. spend a couple of hours and you're done sort of guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, um, you know, the people of my village said I was a good monster hunter. They were really oh, yeah. surprised. <laughs> they were being generous. They were like, wow, not many people can do this quest. <laughs> it, was was like like, a, yeah. it was like an episode of actual spoilers where they're just trying to tell you things to like pump up your ego. There is so much explaining things in the game as well. They're just like, oh, yeah. by the way, you do this, and by the way, you do this i was like i want to kill things yeah that's just the nature of japanese games they just love to talk at you mm-hmm. like they don't show you what to do they literally just tell you what to do and it sometimes can take like 30 minutes just for them to explain something yeah. but really charming game i don't see yeah, a I'm lot sure of it, it is. in the movie trailer no yeah i'm <laughs> sure we'll get it we'll definitely get into uh, that. do you have any history though no nope, none whatsoever I'd never even really, well, I'd heard of the game series, but I didn't really know what it was about. Well, I could guess. I could guess what it was about, but it's not really my sort of cup of tea. So Mm. it's 
not really a series that I would have ever dived into on my own. Yeah, I, like I said, I did a little bit of research into the history of the, the franchise and found out who all the developers were of the original game. Like, that matters at all to the plot of this movie. <laughs> I mean, it matters for the background. Yeah. and Gives uh, you an idea of the game. Looking at it, though, it looks like it was a game series that was very much ahead of its time because that 2004 release actually looked quite impressive for, for a game from that period. i got to say, the graphics in the game that I played was really good, but yeah. that's the latest Well, one. it came out two years ago. You so should, this is it, bad for uh, podcast form, but you should check out my character. I've got a picture of him. Look at that armor. I got Holy this, like, shit. Look at this bulky armor. You look fantastic. I look awesome. I'm so can, ripped. Can people who own the game find your character in the game? Like, I Can they know. look him up? Like in a register or something? Look me up if you're a player of this game. My name's Matty D. Look at my cat. (laughs) He has goggles. Catty D, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad you could introduce like a visual element to this podcast. But yeah, (laughs) if you're a Monster Hunter fan, you have Monster Hunter World, you can probably track down Matty D. So maybe give that a go. Yes. Don't expect me to be of any assistance. No. Because... If you know Matty D. (laughs) I, I killed seven dinosaurs. Oh, really? Yep. Were they called dinosaurs? No, what they were, were they called something else. Okay, wow. He's but they were really dinosaurs to me. They were harassing the village, Kieran. Okay. And I saved the village from the Was dinosaurs. this like a tutorial thing or is this like a dynamic I thing? don't think so, Kieran. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, <laughs> They let's... were certainly telling me what buttons to press. Okay, fair enough. All right, so let's stop talking about the Monster Hunter franchise that people like and let's start talking about <laughs> the upcoming Monster Hunter movie. So... Like I said earlier, this movie has actually already been released in China. I think it actually came out either yesterday or the day of this recording. So if I'd known that, I might have considered maybe not covering this movie, but just because there's ample opportunity for us to cheat a little bit. But there actually hasn't been too much information to leak out about this movie overall. No, I haven't seen the anything. Wikipedia page, which is not as that you know, I was looking by the way. Yeah, the Wikipedia page, which if you've listened to our show before, you know that we get ninety percent of our information from Wikipedia, which is always. Always a bad decision because we get 90% of our information wrong. <laughs> there is no characters in the Wikipedia page. No, there isn't. As there is there's none no in the IMD page. Like, there's nothing there. There's nothing, yeah. This is a complete sort of, like, ghost sort of movie. Mm. We we know little to nothing, so... Like, they go and hunt monsters. And the trailers only really seem to show... Thank you, Wikipedia. ...maybe the first, like, 10 minutes of the movie as well. So, a lot of this movie's plot is up in the air. So. Well, there's two trailers. Well, there's actually more than two trailers. Is there? Because yeah. I thought there was just one. And then I was introduced to a second trailer, which changed my whole... Really? My whole plot. Not really. I stuck, I stuck with the same plot, but I was like, okay. oh, well, there's two. So, I think we're going to have really different plots this week. Yeah, probably. Like I said, most of this movie is up to interpretation. So, sometimes you can just really tell how a movie's going to go from the trailer. Like, look at Bloodshot... Look at Hobbs and Shaw. But with movies like this, yeah, especially in a fantasy setting and set in a world that we're not really familiar with, probably people who are huge fans of the games can probably identify landmarks or monsters or things like that. But yeah, because we're not that familiar with it, it's even harder for us. It's even more of a challenge. And we wouldn't be here doing this show if we didn't love a challenge. We like to climb that mountain. So No, any, we like to fight that monster. Any Common fans Manity, meet the theme. of this franchise... We are amateurs when it comes to this world. So. Well, so is the director of this movie, Paul W.S. Anderson. Now, are you it certainly familiar? Looks like it. Are you familiar with Paul W.S. Anderson at all? Uh, Resident Evil, right? Yep, he did Resident Evil. He also did Mortal Kombat. No did, way, yes, really? He did. Well, this movie's going to be great then. Oh, he also did Event Horizon and he also did Alien vs. Predator. Oh, good. So, Another classic. If you're familiar with Paul W.S. Anderson's movies at all, you know that he makes Tame, movies. A lot of dialogue, heavy stuff, yeah. drama. Yeah, of course. Focus on the characters. A lot of emotional weight yeah. behind the scenes. No, you know that he makes movies for 14-year-old boys. And I think Monster Hunter is very much a movie aimed at 14-year-old boys. That's an important audience. Yeah. So I've never liked any of Paul W.S. Anderson's movie. That's my own personal bias. So I don't think this movie is going to be particularly good. Again, that's my own personal bias. 
But Maddie D, what about you? I, I know you were a you had a bit of a soft spot for Resident Evil back in the day. Probably Mortal Kombat as well. Uh, yeah, I remember watching that as a kid and thinking yeah, exactly. it was really cool because I was watching a movie with a lot of violence in it, and I was like, "This could be either movie. Ooh. Is this Mortal Kombat or Resident Evil?" Uh, Resident Evil. Right. Okay. And Mortal Kombat was just trash. Yeah, of course. Trashy fun. Yeah. Well, so is. But Resident I wouldn't Evil. say I hold it in the same esteem now. I've certainly haven't watched it since I've been a teenager. Well, there you go. There you go. So I just want to point out as well that Paul W.S. Anderson originally got the rights to this movie back in 2012, which was actually, believe it or not, back when he first played his first Monster Hunter game. He really loved the, the games and he was just like, I want to How do the How do I movie. ruin this franchise? Yeah, I really want to do the movie because my track record is so good with adapting <laughs> video games. Uh, and by the way, I just wanted to point out as well that they're actually including Mia Jovovich's character of Artemis yes, in the most recent expansion is. for uh, Monster Hunter World. So you can actually play as her. Uh, I don't know how... Uh, popular that's going to be. And yeah, so if you know anything about Paul W.S. Anderson's video game adaptation movies, you know that he hardly ever sort of sticks to the plot of the games and he very much likes to do his own thing. So I don't know why anybody would think that this is going to be a faithful adaptation of the popular Monster Hunter franchise. Well, already from the trailer, it's not. Exactly. Now, I just want to point out as well, I did my research. I sort of looked at what fans of the Monster Hunter games are saying about this trailer and what their impressions are. Well, they're not happy. And they are certainly not happy. I don't think I've seen one positive opinion yet. And the main thing that they're all upset about is the use of guns in the movie well, against there's monsters. There's no guns in the game. No, there's no guns I know guns this because I've played the game. Yeah, there you go. you're an expert now. And if there would be guns, I would have used them. Yeah, I'm sure you would have. But yeah, a lot of them are extremely unhappy about the use of guns in the game, well, involving real world, like sort of like Earth people in this fantasy world. It's more like a swashbuckling fantasy, yeah, like, little elements like of Like medieval steampunk. knights fighting dragons, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really fit. At all. No. But this is what they did with the first Resident Evil movie. Remember, they they take the plot of that game, which could have easily been turned into a movie, a standard haunted house zombie horror movie, and then they just inserted military into it for no reason at all. It's like- Just for a body count. He takes the name. Yes. And just pastes it on whatever movie he wants to make. Absolutely. So yeah, I I don't know why they got- I mean, sure, he bought the rights, and no one was probably talking about making a Monster Hunter movie back then. Yeah. So- So I don't think the game was as popular back then as it is now because, believe it or not, several studios, when Monster Hunter World came out and was a massive success, several studios were like, oh, man, we've got to get on a Monster Hunter movie. Oh, wait, somebody already owns the film rights to this. Who is it? (laughs) Oh, no. Not Paul W.S. Anderson. (laughs) I have it now. Because Alien vs. Predator was also a video game. Wait till I introduce guns. Yeah. Wait, I've already written a part for my wife in it. Because if you didn't know, Mia Jovovich is actually Paul W.S. Anderson's wife. I didn't know that, and that explains a lot. Yeah, it explains a hell of a lot, And good it? for him. Yeah, good for him. Punching above his weight, sure. Mm. <laughs> Maybe he's just such a good director, he can just win over anybody. Yeah. Okay, your face <laughs> says everything. All right, so what do we know about this train wreck of a movie so far? We got two trailers, I thought, but you're saying there's more. There's at least four trailers. But what we know is that it's... So we've got international trailers as well as the two US trailers. Okay, maybe I just watched the two US trailers. But it focuses on a group of military people. They're UN military. Mm. Who have been... So they're not from any specific country. They're just sort of like a global military. Yeah, because there's different people with different nationalities within the... Yeah, that's right. Within the army. Who get transported to... A Chinese person. (laughs) Yeah. Who get transported to a alien world. I guess it is an alien world. Yeah. Where there's giant monsters and they have to learn how to combat those monsters. Yeah, that's right. Simple as that. I don't know if there's anything else to to it that we know so far. Well, 
Sony have actually released, Sony Pictures have actually released their official synopsis for the movie. Would you like to hear it? Is it just, I'm sorry? (laughs) It will be soon. Trust me. All right. All right. It is as follows. When Lieutenant Artemis, come on, guys, come up with a better name than that. What a stupid name. And the only person that's really... I know there's another character called Link, but there's no other names except Artemis. Well, there's the Hunter, but we'll get into that. All right. So, when Lieutenant Artemis, played by Mia Jovovich, and her elite unit are transported through a portal from our world to a new world, they are in for the shock of their lives. I'm sure they are. In her desperate attempt to get home, the brave Lieutenant encounters a mysterious Hunter, played by Tony Jaa, whose unique skills have allowed him to survive in this hostile land. Faced with relentless and terrifying attacks from the monsters, the Warriors team up to to fight back and find a way home. There you go. That's basically what you said. Yeah, pretty much what I said. Now, before I mean, we dive into said this in a movie, very Sony way. Yes. And no, let's not forget as well, these are the same folks who brought us Men in Black International. Also, this is a Capcom franchise, right? Yes. Which is also Sonic, is that right? Yes. I don't Should know. Should have done my research. I don't know. Here, so I'm not a big video game person. I guess so they I came really back. I think it's Capcom. What were you about to say, sorry? So, I was going to say, before we dive into this movie any further, we should really address the controversy that we teased before. So this movie might not even come out. That's right. Well, it's definitely going to come out in the US. But so we talk all the time about how the biggest film market currently is China. And so how a lot of films sort of have to backbend to appeal to a Chinese audience, which may involve not including things that may offend uh, the overall Chinese government sensibilities. So not having ghosts, for example, not having homosexuals, not having sort of anything that sort of is anti-communist in any way or anti-authority. Or if they have those things that they can be like edited out. That's right. They can be simply removed. Yeah. It's very much so. If you want to release a movie and make billions of dollars, you very much have to appeal to that market in our current film climate. If you're making a blockbuster. That's right. That's right. So this is very much attempting. It's very much because it's a Japanese property. It's very much attempting to appeal to an Asian audience. They've got as many Asian actors in this movie as possible. I mean, none in the lead. That's probably your first problem right there. The Hunter is. Yeah, that's right. He's he's one of the least. He's from Thailand, by the way, but that's beside the point. The movie actually came out, it was either today or yesterday on the day of this recording. It would have been a week by the time that this episode comes out, but... There was a certain joke in the movie, and if you could run us by the joke, Matty D, because I think I don't want to say the, the joke. Though. Oh, you don't want to say? It? I'll say it. I'm happy um, to say it. It's. Uh, I think all we need to say is it was a tasteless old. I don't think racist it was that joke. Tasteless. It's definitely racist. It didn't but, um, need to be there. It wasn't. It didn't do anything for any plot or anything like that. So, it was a self-deprecating Asian joke. Yeah. So basically, the joke that was, was racist. I think one of the the American soldiers said to an Asian soldier, "He's like, what kind of knees have you got? Look at your knees. What kind of knees are they?" Oh, does and it- the Asian soldier says they're Chinese oh yeah because I thought the Chinese soldier said the line yeah he did okay so the Chinese soldier said it about himself but he sort of said it in like am I really saying this sort of way but without changing my plot at all upon finding out this information it actually still works its way into my plot weirdly enough yeah because I just have a full section of my plot (laughs) racist jokes so so this offended a lot of people believe it or not the subtitles which were in Chinese for the movie as well didn't actually include the joke they actually said something like, oh, I, I, I'm kneeling or I'm, I like to kneel or something way less offensive. I mean, whether you find the joke offensive or not is entirely subjective and it's up to you whether you're Chinese or not. But the Chinese audience was offended to the point where they actually went and started giving Monster Hunter World negative reviews just out of backlash because they're like, well, how can Capcom or whoever released the game okay this movie, which, you know, And the game franchise came out and, and are distancing themselves from the movie. Yeah, that's right. And they believe, believe it or not, Sony actually cut that joke out of the movie, well, re-released yeah. it in China, but it, the damage is already done. They've actually already banned the edited version of the movie. So this movie has been pulled from Chinese cinemas all over the country. 
And yeah, and even the edited release has been banned from distribution as well. So and they've just some, cut off their biggest audience. And has some bad Such press. a great decision, Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. And I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, so unnecessary. It's actually so unnecessary. And it's very disappointing as well, because like I said, it's actually damaging the reputation of the game as well through this review bombing as well. So this game that you enjoyed playing and a lot of people played and has made millions of dollars is actually yeah being tarnished by one line in this movie. Mm. So yeah. So the, I, I yeah. guarantee you, when this comes out in the US, that line probably and won't be in the movie. That's the main thing people are well, talking about. Well, I mean, when it comes out worldwide. When it comes to this movie now. Yeah, that's which right. Which before it was how silly it looked. But yeah. <laughs> so people were already disappointed by this movie, but now it's even worse by having this controversy around it. So yeah, good job. I think everyone should just take a moment to give Paul W. Sanderson a big clap because he's just royally shot himself in the fucking foot. What a stupid thing to do. Who who greenlit that? Well, what's funny is they had to run it by the Chinese censors as well, and I can't believe that slipped through. Maybe the censor was just like, oh, that's kind of a funny joke. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> he didn't actually do the work. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm maybe sorry, he was I just it, reading. I... Maybe he was just reading the subtitles. He was just like, what? Kneeling? I don't get this joke. <laughs> All right. So, all right. Let's let's start talking about who's in this movie and then yep. dive into what we think is going to happen in this mess of a movie. Playing Captain Natalie Artemis. Oh, the who is this? Named who is this? Person in the movie is Mrs. Paul W. S. Anderson herself, Mia Jovovich, who we've talked about before. We've talked about her in Hellboy, where she played Nimway. Nimu in Hellboy. It was Nimway. I've the completely witch. forgotten she was the that bad movie. guy. She was the bad guy of the movie. Oh, okay. Of course, she was the main character in Resident Evil. What was her name? Alice. And she was good old multi-pass in The Fifth Element. So this is someone we've definitely talked about before. Kind of surprised to see her back, to be honest. But since it's a Paul W.S. Anderson movie, she's obligated to be there. Next up, playing the character of The Hunter. He doesn't actually have a character name beyond that. Is Tony Cha, who's a Thai martial artist and actor. And he pretty much has just done a lot of uh, martial arts movies that I'm not familiar with. So he'll be fighting a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. He's going to be doing kicks and flips and ducking and weaving and flipping all over the place. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. In fact, I just want to put this out here right now. Outside of Mia Jovovich, most of this cast is pretty much unknown to me and probably the rest of the world. But uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them their due anyway. So next up playing the character of Link, who is also... They may be famous after this movie. Yeah, yeah, this exactly. This movie might make them. Yeah, it might. So playing the character of Link is Clifford T.I. Harris Jr., who is a rapper, but he's probably best known for appearing in the Ant-Man movies as well as American Gangster. Do you remember him from those movies no, at all? I do not. Have you seen those movies at all? American Gangster and Ant-Man. The Ant-Man movies, so. I've seen the Ant-Man movies. Okay. But you don't remember him in it? No. Okay. I remember Michael Pena was in it. (laughs) But that's about it. Uh, Next up, playing the character of Admiral is Ron Perlman, who again, I don't think we've talked about before, but he was the OG Hellboy. He was Hellboy. I think we mentioned him in our Hellboy episode. And the other thing, the only other thing that like jumped to mind of quality for me was Sons of Anarchy, where he plays one of the main characters on that show. What about Drive? Yeah, that's right. He was in Drive as well. But uh, it wasn't particularly stellar in that movie. Was anybody, though? Controversial opinion. Oh, wow. I thought you liked at least the first half of that movie. Yeah, well, he's not in the first half of the movie. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Next up, playing a mystery character, played by Megan Good. Is Megan Good? What am I saying here? So, Megan Good's playing one of the soldiers, basically. And if you don't know Megan Good, we've talked about her before. Well, we talked about a movie she appeared in before. She was in Shazam, where she played the superhero version of Dala. If you remember, Dala was the little girl with the glasses in the Shazam family. So, yeah, she played the superhero version of her. So, we've seen her before. She's going to be back as an unnamed, soon-to-be-dead soldier in this movie. I always get a little excited when we have cast members back. Yeah, me too, to be honest. Especially when it's people that are like, oh, that guy. (laughs) Speaking of, oh, that guy, we've got Josh Hellman playing another one of the unnamed soldiers. The one who actually instigated the racist joke. (laughs) 
he was Striker in X-Men as well as, I think the character's name was Slit in Mad Max Fury Road, two movies that we've seen. Uh, well, he was Striker in the later X-Men movies, I think it's just important to point out. So, Not like, the earlier ones, not Brian Cox. X-Men Apocalypse and Days of Future Past, he was Striker in those ones. So he was the one who made Wolverine in those movies. Yeah, he wasn't Brian Cox. And I'm just going to quickly breeze through the other actors in this because, yeah, I don't really know them from anything and I'm sure you don't know either. Uh, playing another soldier is Diego Bonetta. Yet another soldier, the one who I think was on the receiving end of the racist joke, was Jin Aoyong. And filling out the obligatory Japanese cast of this movie is Hirona Yamazaki from Toho Studios, who produced this movie. <laughs> well, they needed to get at least one Japanese actor in the movie yeah. because it's a Japanese property. The yeah. second biggest audience, surely, is going to be Japan. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and that's our cast? <laughs> well, there's no Japanese jokes in the movie, presumably. <laughs> Maybe it's just all racist oh, jokes. Could you imagine? Like, everyone just cops it. Could you imagine? I could, sadly. I could. Now, that's everybody who's in the movie. Now, without any further delay, let's get straight into our plots. Let's. Now, my plot, I think, is significantly shorter, well, hopefully, than yours. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I don't mind going first for this one. Yep. You've been going first a lot recently. But I yeah. know, I have been. I'm sorry to steal first from you. Oh, no, it's all good. I don't think we need to sort of like fight over who needs to be first or whatever, because I don't think it really impacts anything at the end of the day. It's Not just really. who is going to be brave enough to step it's forward and make a fool of themselves first. I will always be that man, Kieran. <laughs> okay. So let's go straight into it. We're going with a cold open and we're going to see a team oh, really? of unnamed military people doing military stuff in South Africa, in a desert in South Africa, oh, to really? be precise. Where I found that out is I looked at the locations on Google yeah. where this was filmed. They're doing things like... So same place that they filmed Mad Max Fury Road, by the way. They didn't film that in Australia? Nope. That was in South Africa. Oh, there you go. So Josh Hellman must be like, oh, I'm so sick of being here. <laughs> I guess so. So just imagine military guys putting stuff in trucks. Making racist jokes. Unloading stuff. No, there will be no racist jokes okay. in my movie. Etc. And one of the soldiers knocks into... The only thing I can describe this as is it's like a stone tablet or a pillar yeah. or a peg. A monolith. Yeah, a monolith. Thank you. He bumps into that. Electricity starts convulsing and a huge wave of what, smoke is it like, is it appears. Sparked from his ass or something? From the monolith. Jim. Okay, right. From the, do I have to explain that? No. It's from the monolith. Okay. All right. So a big cloud of smoke comes down and within the smoke, we hear a loud monster. And I think it's going to be like a winged creature. And right. it starts to chase them. They all get into like their a cars. a dragon? No. Okay. No, just a- Like a bird? A flyy, flyy monster. A flyy monster. Okay. Yes. It's what it'll be called as well. Yeah. Oh fly no, flyy monster. There's the flyy monster. <laughs> okay. Yep. So they're all trying to escape. They might have some helicopters that get destroyed by the monster. The flyy monster, yep. So in their flyy helicopters. In their flyy helicopters. Yeah. And in their drivey drive cars. Yep. One of the they're soldiers. Broom they're Thank broom you. Broom they're <laughs> dear God. The uh, it's going to be a long. One of the episode. soldiers calls in the radio for backup, and just then, do the soldiers go move, move, move? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because you need to in a movie. Yeah, they're soldiers after yeah, all. Yeah, that's right. It's all part of their military training. And then a monster. Ninety percent of the dialogue in that first Resident Evil movie was move, move, move. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. It's them dying. Yeah. So a monster comes up to the truck that we're kind of focused on. And just as it's about to attack it, we flash to a different group of people. Right. A which is a different our military group. heroes. A less racist group. Like how I'm following formula for once. Yep. I've started doing that now because it's got to start with an action scene. That's right. Well, I'm well learning. Done. He's learning. I'm learning from my mistakes. Yes. So we get to see another group of military people and they're stationed out in the same desert, just a different location. And it's led by our hero, Artemis. Yep. Lieutenant Artemis. So they have a few moments of non-racist character building. <laughs> a little bit of banter. Yep. There's going to be a lot of banter in this movie. Yes. None of it will be funny, but it will try to be. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
So then they'll get a call from the radio and it's the call from the team that we had at the start of the yeah. movie. Bravo team. And they know that they've been called in to be the backup and they've got to come in and help those guys out. We're being attacked by a fly, you monster. It'll be like, help, quick. Right, right. Fly, yeah. fly, monster. We do see this in the trailer, by the way. Do we? Yeah. Look how smart I am because I didn't notice that in the trailer. They get the coordinates of where their Bravo team, I guess, were, and they head towards there, and all they see is just empty desert. They find some tracks on the ground, but the yeah. tracks kind of lead nowhere. They just kind of disappear. But the monoliths are there, right? The monoliths are there. So they are very curious of this, and they're like, what is this? Looks pretty ancient. Is this runes and stuff? <laughs> yes. Oh, finally. Finally, there are An some runes and site. stuff. Manny D loves to include ancient science with, with ancient runes it and whatnot. It is a great plot device. I think this device. is the first movie where we've ever actually seen that. Um, Captain Marvel had it. Thank okay, you fair very enough. Much. I love how it happens in one movie and I just like yeah, put okay, it in every enough. movie. But yes, ancient runes and stuff. One of the soldiers is going to be curious and goes to touch it. This will activate the monolith. Electricity starts to form and we see right. the same thing again. A cloud starts to appear. Artemis gets everybody to jump into their trucks and vehicles and try to escape this giant cloud. Yeah. But their broom brooms are not fast you know, Josh enough. Hellman's like, this all looks awfully familiar to me. <laughs> it's almost like Mad Max Fury. Yeah, right? exactly. I'm burning Jake's for my own plot. So the big cloud encapsulates them. And they find themselves in a tropical land. Mm. There's a lot of greenery. There's a lot of banter as they're trying to figure this place out. And they start looking around and they find a Wait, cute- so they, they like arrive in a jungle? Yeah. Okay. Similar to the video game world. I am an expert on All right, the video game. Yeah, that's game. right. Out of the two of us, I am yeah, that's the right. expert. So our, Having uh, never played one myself. So yeah, yeah. I, I trust you 100%. So direct all questions to me about Monster Hunter game. But yes, they're in this land. It's very alien to them. And they see a cute little monster or a cute little creature, something they've never seen before. And they're like, what's this? So they're really curious. Artemis comes and approaches it. It squeals and a big monster comes out. Its mama comes out. Which if I was to guess, I would say is like a dinosaur monster. Right. Okay. Very descriptive. Now they're UN military. So their first reaction is to open fire on it. I mean, it's a dinosaur. Their first reaction is to throw aid at it. Like food and first aid kits. So they're shooting it and it does damage, but it's not able to kill it. So shooting it is not able to kill it. Yeah. Suddenly a hooded figure Although appears. Although a lot of fans say that the reason that there aren't guns in the Monster Hunter games is because they'd be too effective. Not in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. We see in the trailer that they aren't effective. So. so as I was saying, suddenly a hooded figure appears with a giant sword. Oh. Yeah. And slashes the monster. Doesn't kill it. The monster kind of flees out of fear. Yep. It's like. Ah! Oh no. Runs off. Wah! The man introduces himself as the hunter. Oh, yeah? He goes, I he, am the hunter. He may have a name. Now, he's not going to speak any English. Yep. So he's going to communicate he's with He's from Thailand. Them. Yeah. No, he's from a different planet. So, of course, he doesn't speak English. Yeah. So, I don't think he's going to have any language that is of our world. No. So, he's going to- Except stuff that he picks up from gonna, our characters. Exactly. There's going to be a communication barrier, which will be a character growth movement yep, through, right. the, through the plot. Yeah, it'll be real funny. Yeah. He'll have to like gesture. See, things. the best part about him not speaking English is he won't understand the racist jokes. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That would be good. But yeah, they have to gesture to communicate, and I'm sure it'll lead to many hilarious misunderstandings. So they try to communicate with him, and he tries to ask them what they're doing here on yep. this planet. They try to explain it to him. And in doing so, he starts to cotton on and he thinks he knows where the other squad is. Bravo team. The Bravo team. So they head off in that direction. 
just realized that my notes has them Hunter explaining a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> which doesn't he's, really he's giving work. them the tutorial. Yeah. So maybe he shows them a lot of things about the world. Like maybe he pulls up plants and he shows them. And, yep. and that this is a stuff. carrot. This is a carrot. Or, or, or it's, an, the equivalent. it's a monster carrot. Yeah, exactly. They travel to a certain landmark. I'm going to say it's like a swamp area. And the hunter sort of instructs them or shows them how to survive in this new world. How so? Uh, by preventing them from going into dangerous areas. Right, okay. Look for the signs. Hiding in bushes, things of that nature. He's also tracking where the other squad is. Who they find. Oh, wow, that was easy. But there are only two alive, so the rest have been dead. So right. they reunite with their squad. They're, of course, all like, oh, my God. Oh, monsters there, everywhere. Monsters everywhere. It's like Jumanji. They've been there for like 20 years. So Artemis- Wearing once- banana leaves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I- oh, really? <laughs> Why not? Okay. <laughs> no, I think they're like sort of camped out in, sh- right, okay. in shanty camps. I mean, they're military, so they're trained in that way. Yeah, yep, that's right. They'd have supplies. And it's not been that long either. No. It's only been like a matter of hours. So Artemis uh, needs to find out how they can get back. And the hunter doesn't really know, but has an idea of where to take them to get help. And where would that be? It is an industrial-like city. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So there's big factories and... Uh... No, I, maybe industrial is the wrong word for it. It's kind of like a shanty town. So I think Mad max Right, okay, like barter town. So yeah, they're kind of like built a city in this land and it's just right. you know taken from bits and pieces they've found bits everywhere. Bits and bobs. Like ships and things like that. Right, okay, makes sense. And in this city, there will also be anthropomorphic cats. Oh, really? Mm. Like Caddy D? Like Caddy D. Yeah. Now, I thought that this movie would go in the direction of there would just be normal cats. I didn't think they would make them anthropomorphic. But right. in the trailer, they, they're there. So there, there you go. go. And so does interesting- the cat, do any of the cats have any specific names? Yeah, they'll have names. But any guesses? I don't know what their names would be. They're called, uh, it's something beginning with P is what they're known as, but they won't say anything. They'll just meow. Right. Oh, do you know in the game they call them, the cats will refer to them as meowster hunters? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's very cute. So we've got a, a village full of meowster hunters here. Well, they're people and meowster hunters. Right, okay. Meowster hunters and cats. And monster hunters. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the cats don't really do a lot of monster hunting. They're just like right. hanging well, out. Well, no, they give it a red hot go. Mm. They catch plenty of mice, meister hunters. Anyway. <laughs> That's the monsters on. that they catch. Yeah. I guess it kind of works for the metaphor. Anyway, moving along. The city is led by Ron Perlman, who's our leader. There we go. Who for ease can speak English. Admiral. He's the Admiral. That's yep. right. So Artemis asks Perlman, I don't know what his character name will be. Does he speak English? Yes. Okay, why? No, no. Makes it easier for me. Okay. They ask him for help, and he listens to some of the wise elders that he has. So it's kind of like a Fellowship of the Ring style council right. situation going on. And he informs them that there is a way back. They have to come up on top of a mountain where there's a ritual site. Yep. More ancient runes and stuff. More ancient runes and stuff. However, it's guarded by an elder dragon. Oh, no. Now, Perlman's like, look, we kind of want to get rid of this. The Admiral. Yeah. Yeah. At least he has a name. Admiral Perlman. Okay, fair enough. When I read this, I didn't have a name for him. Okay, fair enough. He was uncredited. Right, okay. So I'll just refer to him as the Admiral, who's... Admiral Perlman is absolutely fine. By the commission. Okay. Which is another in-game reference there. we go. Well done. Points coming your way, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) So they want to get rid of the Elder Dragon because by its nature, it's destroying the world. It's changing it. It's causing a lot of havoc to their people. Yep, fair enough. So it works good for him. But before they trust, before the Admiral trusts these new group of soldiers, they need to do something for them first to earn it. So they send them out to retrieve a supply, like a shipment. Right, okay. crate, like a supply crate. Well, the UN, they they should have like (laughs) aid supplies. Well, no, this is for the Admiral and their people. Right, yeah, yeah. So like weapons and stuff. So it's a fetch quest. 
Yeah, okay. It's a good old-fashioned fetch quest. So are these soldiers at a high enough level to be able to go and do... Well, they've kind of been training and learning the ropes. They've kind of got rid of their guns. Right. Perlman is going to be giving them weapons, so we get to see right. big swords and things of that nature, yep. and our hunter's going to be showing them how to fight and how so to use So all of the powers. soldiers are still alive at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So none of them have been picked off unceremoniously. Except for Bravo Team. Oh, except for Bravo Team, yeah. Who, there are only two survivors. So how many soldiers have we got all together in this group with Artemis? Like, Want to throw an estimate out there? Like I'll 10 by the sounds of it? say seven. Seven? Okay, that's a good number. Five in the original and two more that they picked up. Good guess. There'll be some that will have more screen time than others. Some will be just like right, yep. background dudes. So they're going to go and get this supply crate. Uh, in doing so, they'll fight a few monsters. They'll fight an underwater monster that'll be like a massive octopus. Mm, fingers just crossed. Just to add some variety. Like Uku from Godzilla. Once they do that, Perlman's going to be like, cool guys, I like it. Thank you very much. We're going to help you get to the mountain. Here's how you get there. So up they go. <laughs> you literally just walk up the mountain. <laughs> Shit, why didn't we think of that? Well, maybe they have an easier path. So what's the significance of the tower on the mountain? Have you included that in your plot? Yeah, it's there. Okay. It's just there for like as a marker? It's there because the dragon is hanging out there. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's the monolith. It's like his perch. That's like, that's like the ritual site where they can go okay, between yeah, worlds. Fair enough. So why couldn't they just use the ones that they arrived on? They're back on Earth. So when they got transported, right, okay, they were kind of yeah. like in the middle of nowhere. Yep, okay, there was no monoliths fair when enough. they got in. They'll go up the mountain. There'll be a few monster fights here and there. They'll get to the Elder Dragon. There'll be a big fight scene. It'll be amazing. The hunter will get fatally wounded. Oh, no. But Artemis deals the final blow. The electricity starts to surge and the portal gates start to open. But Artemis tells her squad and also the dying hunter, that to save the hunter, she must take him back to the city, but also that she will not be joining them. Oh, really? She has found purpose in this new world. So they have a tearful goodbye to her squad. They go off back home. She takes the hunter back right. to So the they go back to the real city. world. Uh, and she as, a leave, as a monster hunter, hunter. yes. Our end shot will be Artemis running around the jungle with a big staff. Okay. Looking with, back with Caddy at... D next to her. <laughs> looking back at the camera and smiling as a monster roars behind Gives her. Gives a finger to the fans. That's the end of the movie. There we go. Wow. Very succinct. Now, I've got to say straight away... <laughs> yes, Kieran. This is quite a music. Don't, don't, don't be judgy. I'm not judging. I, I think that could be the movie exactly, but... Don't tell me that you have the same movie. I have almost 100% no, really? the opposite of what you've said. Oh, the opposite. Okay, cool. We, uh, we have so few similarities. It's almost like we're watching two completely different movies or trailers. Can I also say something? Usually with these kind of movies, I think the human's got to be the bad guy. The monster never is. Like the human's right. orchestrating yeah. it. But I don't think the they're going to The monsters are think... just misunderstood many Yeah, days. exactly. They're just a force of nature. But I don't think they're going to think that far for this movie. I don't think there's going to be no. a lot of fourth. No, of course them. not. So you completely disagree with me. Yes, that's right. What do you have to say? Then? So I just want to point out as well that I spent three hours working on my plot yesterday and I had so much stuff in it that I had to pair it back because otherwise we'd be here all day. That is about two hours and 40 minutes longer than I spent oh, on mine. Oh, there you go. But yeah, my plot was actually originally a lot longer, but I've actually simplified it a bit just because, yeah, I don't want to be talking about Monster Hunter for the next 40 minutes of this show. So let's get straight into what I think is going to happen. You're going to be very surprised at how different my Monster Hunter movie well, is that's from good. yours. That's good. That's good, though. Unlike you, you said that we'd start with a cold open. I reckon we're going to start with a flashback. Have we swapped? We've swapped roles. What is going on? So the movie will open with a flashback where we see a ship sailing across a desert. So we literally see a well, ship. We see that in the trailer. That's right. So we, we wasn't in your movie, but we see a ship that is supposed to go on the water sailing across the sand, quite like in Monster Hunter 4. Oh, really? Yep, that's right. So they actually do like 
whaling sort of missions in Monster Hunter 4 where there's like like a giant sort of whale-like creature that sort of in dives the out of the sand. Yeah, out of the sand. So they sail ships on the sand, quite like they're on the ocean, and they catch monsters that come out of the sand. Ah, cool. Like you would a whale. So they fire like harpoons at it. Well, that's not going to happen here. But it's just a reference to that. Because I think Monster Hunter 4 was the first game that Paul W.S. Anderson played. Oh, so you're going to draw inspiration from that. That's right. So on the ship, we meet a family. They're just your standard mum, dad. Son, daughter, you know, stereotypical movie family. They love each other very much. And so the father is imparting some wisdom on his young son through subtitles since they don't speak English while they admire the night sky. Suddenly, the ship is attacked by a giant dragon monster known as Rathalos, or Rathalos, depending on how they pronounce it. I think I'm just going to say Rathalos because it's easier. And Rathalos is like a giant dragon, almost like an elder dragon, (laughs) who destroys the ship, leaving no survivors except for the young son we saw earlier. Ooh, mystery. Does this son grow up to be anyone in particular? No, he just dies of exposure in the desert. No, we'll see. We cut to present day in the real world, or at least the world that we know, where we're introduced to a platoon of UN soldiers led by Link and Captain Natalie Artemis. Their ragtag team is made up of five soldiers. There we go. Exact oh. same number as you called. You're just copying my, my Who plan. are sitting around in the desert waiting for some action. Now, this is something that I wrote before I found out about the controversy, so you're going to have to go with me here. Yeah, okay. We have typical soldier banter and goofing around with the male soldiers constantly trying to big dick each other and look good in front of the attractive female soldiers. So there's going to be a few <laughs> racist jokes thrown in there oh, if there's no. a, if we're getting that version of the movie, which we probably won't. But okay, so they're all hitting on the female soldiers. Well, they're just trying to demasculate each other right. in front of the female soldiers rather than directly hitting on them, you know? Yeah. It's called a cockpit it's for not, a reason. It's not an action movie without some toxic masculinity. Yeah, absolutely. And then Paul W.S. Anderson is still, his brain's still back in the 90s when that sort of stuff was acceptable. So he's still going to bring that to the table here. So our soldiers, they're in radio communication with with another group of soldiers who are referred to as Bravo Team. Something strange seems to be happening with Bravo Team as they describe strange events and seem to be attacked by a mysterious force. Do we see it? We don't see it, we just hear it. Oh, okay. So we don't see anything, we just hear them over the radio and they're like, what the hell's going on? And suddenly the radio goes silent. Artemis and the soldiers head out in their jeeps to investigate what happened and move, soon, move, move. and soon find out we'll get there and soon find themselves passing by several ancient stone markers. And we know that they're ancient because Link helpfully says They look pretty ancient. Thanks, Link. They come across Bravo Team's last reported location and find their tyre tracks stop suddenly. So we can see where Bravo Team was driving and then suddenly their their tracks just stop in the middle of these ancient markers. They seem to have disappeared. Now, will all the soldiers have little nicknames? Yes, that's right. Mm. So we've got Link already. Artemis Artemis. has such a stupid name that she doesn't need a nickname. And we'll have like... Ox. Yeah, that's right. We'll have Ox. We'll have uh, Racist. We'll have... (laughs) Fu Manchu, who knows? Charlie. Great sort of stuff. Yeah, Charlie. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> racial epithets are just coming to mind because I'm just thinking in the same vein as Paul W.S. Anderson. But anyway, no. So they'll have appropriate nicknames, I'm sure. Suddenly, a dust storm straight out of Mad Max Fury Road appears on the horizon and Josh Hellman will say, oh, what a day. What a lovely day. <laughs> the soldiers all jump back in their Jeeps and we have the obligatory line of move, move, move. That is required in every movie involving soldiers. So glad I could work that into your plot too. The dust storm quickly catches up with the jeeps and lightning from the storm activates the ancient markers. So unlike the lightning coming from the markers themselves, I reckon the lightning from the storm, the dust storm will activate the markers, which teleports our soldiers to another world. So was the dust storm magical or was it just a normal It's benevolent. So I don't think it was a naturally occurring dust storm. I just think just them being in the vicinity has summoned this dust storm. Hmm. 
which has the lightning from that created the the magic needed for the portal. I'll go with it. Yeah. Makes more sense than mine. And then like an ass bumping into it. <laughs> and, that, and that's what teleports them. So the soldiers find themselves in another desert, but this one is slightly different. It's got more sand dunes. You don't say. There you go. For starters, this one has a giant monster rib cage, leading our soldiers to question if they've landed on a different planet. One of the soldiers says, are we like Guardians of the Galaxy now? And no, that's not the case because Guardians of the Galaxy was a hit and people liked it. Just uh, putting jokes from the trailer into your plot. That's right. Well, that was my own joke, but anyway. Oh, no, but the Guardians of the Galaxy was... Oh, I had to interpret it. I had to put that in there because it was in the trailer. So, the soldiers soon come across the burn wreckage and bodies of Bravo team and wonder who or what took them out. So, it's just going to be burnt wreckage of vehicles, flaming skeletons on the ground. So, they're all dead. They're all dead. No survivors from Bravo team whatsoever. Nearby, the soldiers are being watched by a mysterious hunter who peers at them through a looking glass from the safety of his nearby cave. Do they see him? No, they don't see him. He's he's miles. Yeah, we see him as the audience, and he's just like, oh, who are these guys? We know he doesn't speak English, so he's not going to speak any English, but yeah. The soldiers' banter is interrupted by a giant horned monster who leaps out of the sand known as a Black Diablos. Look at you and your research. Mm. So the Diablos pops out of the sand dunes, reminding the audience that they should be watching Dune instead and attacks (laughs) our heroes. Our soldiers. This whole movie is just going to be like, there's a better movie that did this. There's another better movie that did this. Yeah, exactly right. So our soldiers open fire on Diablos, but their bullets have no effect, even though fans say, oh, actually, bullets would take down... Sorry, I'm insulting the Monster Hunter audience. They say, actually, uh, bullets would take out a Diablos in no time at all because they have a weak underbelly. And they also eat cactuses, apparently. You've done so much research on this creature. Well, well, we haven't finished my plot yet, have we? So bullets have no effect on the Diablos, the Black Diablos. It has a tough skin that only big swords can take down. Apparently so. So one of the Jeeps is destroyed by the Diablos, killing one of the expendable no-name soldiers. The other soldiers escape by the skin of their teeth. Oh, thank you for saying that. In the surviving Jeep. No, he didn't have a red shirt. Maybe it was the racist one who died. Josh Hellman. As the soldiers travel along, they see more monsters, some of them friendlier and more docile than others. At nightfall, they hide out in a safe location and yell at each other while trying to work out what the hell is going on. They eventually work out that the portal that brought them there could potentially take them back home, but could also allow monsters to escape back to their world. So they want to travel back through the portal and destroy the ancient markers for good. The next day, they pass through a canyon where they're attacked by several giant enemy spider monsters known as Nursilla or Narsilla. I think it's Nursilla. Cool. All I love the- I love giant spiders. Yeah, exactly. In Who movies. doesn't? In movies. All of the... Yeah, definitely not in real life. He becomes a big girly man. I'm friends with the spiders. Yeah, aren't we all? All of the soldiers are killed off by the Narsilla, except for Captain Artemis, who is knocked out during the battle. So, so goodbye, she's soldiers. the sole survivor. That's right. Just as it looks like Artemis will be gobbled up by the Narsilla, she is rescued at the last second by the hunter we saw earlier. So later on, Artemis wakes up in the hunter's hideout, which is made up from the wreckage of the ship from the start of the movie. I'm glad that you had ship wreckage as a building in your plot as well. After Artemis wakes up, she begins a fight with the hunter, not knowing what his intentions are. So she wakes up, they sort of lock eyes. It's an instant reaction. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we've got to have a fight scene. And this is the first person other than her team that she's met. That's right. So realizing that he's a human, she begs him to stop fighting. And the two make up. They shake hands and go, we're going to be buddies now. And here we go. This is from your plot as well. So it'll be like, they live. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. The hunter doesn't speak English at all. This is in your plot as well. uh, Leading to several humorous scenes of Artemis trying to communicate with him and vice versa. They just don't understand each other. That's the running joke of the movie. For some reason, Artemis wants to get back to the Jeep that was destroyed in the desert. Let's just say she wants to use the radio to call out and see if anyone's still alive. There might be supplies there. Could be water. Maybe she thinks that the radio will contact the UN back in the real world. 
because I think okay. they sort of suggested that like something similar to that happened at the start of the movie with Bravo team. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she wants to get supplies, water, whatever, weapons, He's bandages. Like, I want to get my first rocket. aid kit. I want to get my my handy bazooka. But returning to the Jeep will involve facing more dangerous Diablos, so the hunter must teach Artemis the ways of the monster hunter before she can even think of making the journey. So the hunter gears up Artemis with his family's ancient armor and weapons, including a pair of flaming swords, whose blades are ignited by the spirit of the person wielding them. That's cool. The hunter also reveals that his family were killed by a Rathalos. How does he reveal this? He has sort of like a doll family. He has like okay. toys of his family that he keeps and they're like sentimental to him. Because originally in my plot, he was going to lose his monster hunting partner. But I was right. like, how can he explain that? So I was like, scrap it. So yeah, while she's going through his stuff, Artemis, that is, she finds, she finds a like a, oh. no, she doesn't find a photograph. She finds a series sense. of dolls and then realizes, oh, this is your family. And he points to like the smallest one and like, that was me, basically. Ah. So he explains it through the use of toys. Very clever. Look at me, genius. Very smart. So this, of course, reveals that the hunter is the child that we saw at the start of the movie. Who didn't see that coming? Well, we want everyone to get to the finish line at some point. exactly. So Artemis and the hunter start to head back to where the Diablos hang out. But first, the hunter needs some poison for his arrows to put the Diablos to sleep. So it doesn't kill it. It's not going to be strong enough to kill the Diablos because it's such a big thing. But he knows if he administers the right amount of poison to his arrows, he can knock it out and they won't have any issues from it. He can go back to eating cactuses when it wakes up. So the hunter wants to use the venom from one of the Narsila we saw earlier. So he sets up Artemis's bait while he picks one off like a giant Narsila. So he go, they go back to that canyon where they all hang out and they're like, you need a monster to hunt a monster. <laughs> Very smart. And so, yeah, she stands there as bait while they all run out at her and he jumps in at the last second and saves her. We have the obligatory line. I saw this in the trailer. We have the the obligatory line of like, next time you can be the bait. This leads to an impressive CGI fight scene where Artemis barely escapes with her life, leading her to chew out the hunter, as I just explained. So they're working together. Yeah, that's right. They're fast friends. And they've got some venom, which is good. Yeah, that's right. He puts it on the end of his arrows. So our duo soon returns to the side of the wrecked jeep, where they, of course, are again tacked by Diablos. Artemis fires a bazooka from the jeep at Diablos, so she goes what, into the they wreckage. they have a bazooka? Yeah, they had a bazooka in there, and she fires it straight into no the face. No wonder she wants to get to the jeep. Yeah. Well, I said that she wanted to go there and get her trusty bazooka. There's a weapon against the monsters. I thought you were joking. No, I wasn't. But again, it has no effect. The hunter fights the Diablos in another impressive action sequence, and it takes several poison-tipped arrows to put the Diablos to sleep. Uh, This is just a random prediction. I think the Diablos will lose a horn during the fight scene, which makes it even angrier and an even more tougher enemy. The two soon work out that the ancient markers that the soldiers had used to travel to this world only works in one direction, so it only brings people from Earth to their location. They can't travel back the other way. So they need to travel to another ancient site with runes and stuff. Oh, wow. With a large lightning conductor tower that is a few days away. Is the first runes area, like, it goes one way, so it's useless? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it's useless to go back to the real world. So Mm -hmm. they have to find one that's specifically made to travel back to Uh, the real world. On top of a mountain? On top of on top of a plateau. Oh. As they travel to the other site, they come across another group of monster hunters, but this group is made up of people who were also teleported here from Earth. The leader of this group will be oh, Admiral. Oh, that makes so much sense. Played by Ron Perlman, and Hirona Yamazaki's character will also be involved too. She wears goggles. She wears goggles, yeah, does she? Yeah, that's her big character defining trait. She wears goggles. Do they have cats? They may have cats. I'll get to that in a second. The other monster hunters will take them to a village that's built into a cliffside, and he will be introduced to a race of warrior chef cats, with the main one in particular called Palico. Well, that's what they're called, right? They're called Palicos. Are they? 
That was my understanding. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that there's one called Palico. One, one is called Palico. Because I'm not the big expert like you. But by the way, I, I noticed you didn't call them Palico in your plot. Because I forgot what okay. they were called. So Palico will be quirky and amusing, but won't appear in the movie too much due to budgetary constraints. <laughs> They're just here for one scene and they're not going right. to travel around with it. For I think if movie. they didn't have these characters in the movie, people would be even, even more, more mad, mad than they already are. Because they're a big part, uh, my understanding of this yeah. game. The other monster hunters want to help our heroes travel to the portal since they don't like the idea of monsters being able to travel to Earth. And maybe they want to travel back as well. As they travel, they come across a stampeding herd of spiky-tailed herbivore monsters called Apseros, who nearly wipe out our hunters. The Apseros have been spooked by the same Rathalos that killed the hunter's Did family. Did you just Google all these monsters? Yes, and it sets several Apseros alight with its fiery breath. The Apseros end up trampling off a cliff, with Artemis and the hunter escaping death at the last moment by swinging to safety with a grappling rope. Would you say it's by the skin of their teeth, By Kieran? the skin of the teeth. I don't think I could say that too many times in this plot because I've burnt it out. They eventually arrive at the side of the ancient portal with the tower, and appropriately enough, a storm starts up. The hunters are attacked by the Rathalos, and we have yet another action scene. Several of the other hunters are killed during the fight, especially Admiral. He's going to have a very Admiral, Admiral death. (laughs) And it basically comes down to Artemis and the hunter versus the Rathalos. Is the Admiral a good guy in this plot? Yes, he is. The hunter manages to subdue Rathalos with his swords and arrows and everything else. Poison-tipped arrows? Yeah, well, they're not poison-tipped anymore. Oh, they wore off? Yeah, he's used all those. And he stands by as Artemis is teleported back to the Earth via the ancient markers. So, Rathalos is subdued. He's like, quick, go now. Now's your chance. The lightning comes down. I'll be right here, Hunter. Points at his chest. So Artemis finger lights up. So Artemis is relieved to have returned to her own world and is soon collected by a UN military helicopter. Just like the end of Jurassic Park. You you can imagine that. Like she's relaxing in the back. Just as she's starting to relax. The portal's still open, Kieran. The helicopter is attacked by the Rathalos, who has teleported there along with Artemis. The Rathalos takes down the helicopter. And Artemis emerges as the only survivor. Artemis prepares to take on the Rathalos by herself. I knew you were going to do this. And charges at it for an attack. And the movie will end on a blue balling cliffhanger that everybody will hate. And that is the end of my movie. So you can imagine she's like charging towards it. She jumps in the air and then we cut away. So like the end of Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man 2 with the rhino. Yeah, exactly like that. And we'll never know what happens. Because they're never going to make a sequel. prediction from me, there won't be a sequel. Yeah, such an easy prediction. There's never going to be a sequel to this movie. But I I also like that they set it up. He set it up so it can be set on Earth next time so they don't have to spend as much money on the sequel. You know what I mean? Like if they make a straight-to-video sequel. So it'll just be be a monster, your classic monster movie. Yeah, exactly. Monsters on Earth, military finding them. Well, according to my plan anyway you didn't have that element in your plot not at all so there you go that was my plot and that was my pared down plot as well so i i was condensing paragraphs to single sentences really because yeah. that was quite detailed yeah well there you go like i said i put it a- i don't think they're thinking that much about it no probably not i think this was all written on a napkin somewhere yes exactly back in 2012 <laughs> when he was playing the game so let's do do this anderson yep. was playing the game throw money at this so very different plots yeah extremely different very different plots we shall see when this movie yes. comes out. I want to know. And we have to sit and watch it. If you're not from China, I know we don't have a big Chinese audience for the show, but if you're not from China and you haven't seen the movie yet and you have a theory of what's going to happen in it, please let us know. I really want to know. Are you a Monster Hunter fan? Are we completely wrong in our points? We probably are. Probably got all of have those monsters' missed, name wrongs. Yeah, have we missed wrongs, details wrong. uh, in the world 
which I'm yeah. sure we would have. Is there stuff that is in every Monster Hunter game that should be in this movie that they that you reckon they will include in this movie? What do you as a fan want to see up? in the movie? What don't you want to see in the what movie? What scares you about this movie as yes. a Monster Hunter fan? We want to hear the answers to all of these questions, so please let us know. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you like, or you can just leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. We're keen to hear your thoughts. What are we covering next week? Oh, well, I'm super excited about this one. Now that we've done hunting monsters... Oh, man, what an ordeal this was. Yeah. Uh, yes, what are we doing next so, week? So, one thing that we like to do once in a blue moon, we like to take a break from predicting movies, and then we try and beat Hollywood to the punch by creating movies of our own, just from scratch. And the way that we do that is we've come up with six categories for movies. So, we've got sequel, prequel, remake, spin-off, and adaptation. We just covered a, a video game adaptation in this, uh, in this episode. Along with that, we have about 60... Well, the list is actually getting shorter and shorter with the more special episodes that we do. We have around six... 60 movie franchises, properties, installments that we select from. So we choose what exactly we're going to do with a roll of a die, and then we choose exactly which movie franchise series. Chance decides. Yeah, we're going to choose exactly what we'll be doing property-wise with the second roll of the die. Mm. This becomes harder and harder to explain <laughs> with every time that I It was so easy before. Yeah. yeah, so I guess we've spent some time trashing this potential movie. Yeah. I guess we're going to put our money where our mouth is. Exactly. See if we can come up with something better. And I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Let's decide it right now. It let's, remains to be seen. Let's do it. Okay, so Matty D is going to roll the dice Oh, this I'm episode. rolling the dice. Yeah, yeah, because I think I've rolled it for the last few times. With the first roll of the dice, we're going to find out if we're going to be doing a remake, a reboot, a sequel, a prequel, or a spin-off, or an adaptation. So let's find out. Give it a roll, man. I'm doing like a technical roll here, Kieran. Oh, yeah? Mm, That's all your D&D days coming Mm, back to you. That's right. That's right. I'm not not amateur rolling here. This is some professional stuff. Okay. There we go. All right. So we've got number five, which is a spin-off. Have we done many spin-offs? We have not. I think we've only done maybe one. Yeah, we've only done one spin-off. Okay. How exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Give us another roll. Second roll. And that is number six. Oh, I can't believe this. Oh, this is so amusing. I don't think we've done number six. No, we have not done number six. So number six Your face says a lot. Okay. We are doing a spin-off of the Star Wars franchise. Oh, wow. Do they? I don't think I've ever seen a spin-off of the Star Wars franchise before. It's not like they're popular at the moment. (laughs) Dear. Oh, no. There we go. Oh, wow. I think my one is going to be about a Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I I think I could do... uh, I think I'd like have like a child version of Yoda involved in some way. We're not allowed to do anything similar to that at all. I'm sure there's like a million things we could do. In fact, I've got ideas already. So yeah, I'm so excited. Next week, we're going to be talking about a potential spinoff for the Star Wars franchise. I'm sure they need every idea that they can get their hands on. So if anything, we'd be helping Disney out. Yeah. We'd be helping LucasArts out. Tune in next week because uh, we're going to have an extended very Wookiee Christmas yes we are oh wow it's going to be life day all over again (laughs) that's what I'm going with and it's going to be our second time talking about the Star Wars franchise so until we reconvene for that have a great week and we'll see you then let's do this hmm